The following audio is from Axe Church in Leander, Texas. More information about Axe is available at axechurchleander.com. Well, I love roller coasters. Anybody else love roller coasters out there? Yeah. I love roller coasters that go like this, but not roller coasters that go like this. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like roller coasters in amusement parks are great. Roller coasters at like fairs, not so great, right? Uh, So... There was this one time when I was dating Carrie, my wife now, uh, we were going to school in Southern California at Concordia out there, and uh, she says one weekend, hey, how about we go to the San Diego County Fair? Um, Because she's from San Diego, she's been there many times, and I say, all right, great, sounds like a lot of fun. I love eating, you know, funnel cakes and all that good stuff and, and certain rides. But then she says to me, let's go on this ride. Anybody been on something like the zipper? Here's what it is. Yeah, yeah. The zipper is this uh, thing that, that is like an oval shape, but it spins like this, but then also the, you, you spin like this on it, but you also spin like this. So it's like triple action spin as you're going on the zipper. All right? For people that like, don't like rides like this, it's not a good ride. Um, so I tell her, that doesn't really look that appeasing to me. Like, I'm going to get sick. And she goes, People don't actually get motions. It'd be fine. Just, just come on. You know, here I am. I'm trying to impress her. You know, we're dating and all this until, all right, I'll suck it up. I can, I can last two minutes on this spinning thing of death, right? Uh, and, and so we get on the ride. I'm feeling nervous. My stomach's all not feeling good, but, but I'm, I'm okay. I can do it. Five seconds into it, I'm feeling okay, all right? Not too bad. Ten seconds into it, I'm starting to feel a little queasy. 15 seconds into it, uh, I can start to feel the nausea come up, and, and uh, I'm hoping to keep everything inside. At 20 seconds, I yell, stop, stop, stop. And guess what? They stop the ride, they let us off, and then they continue the ride while everybody is looking at us, kind of going, what's wrong with that girly guy that's like screaming, you know? Um, so as I'm sitting there, you know, on a bench, trying to uh, feel my stomach again, uh, just with my head between my, my legs, uh, Carrie says to me, oh, I guess people actually do get sick on stuff like that. <laughs> so, but I tell you that to tell you this, that, that oftentimes in our life, we face storms of life where, where we just want to yell, stop, stop, right? And where we just want to give up and we, we, we don't know what else to do. And so that's our story we're talking about today, is, is Luke chapter 8, where Jesus calms the storm. Um, I want to read it again, but, but just to kind of, I'm going to stop every once in a while and just kind of pick it apart. Um, but it says this, one day, Jesus said to his disciples, let's go over to the other side of the lake. Now, we don't really know why, but Jesus just says, hey, let's uh, take an adventure. Um, this is the Sea of Galilee. If you know anything about the Sea of Galilee, it's a, it's a big lake. Um, it's probably anywhere between 8 to 13 miles wide, depending on where you are crossing it. So if you think about that, that's like from here to maybe like Lake Line Mall, a little past that. Uh, That's a long way in a boat that doesn't have a motor, right? Uh, And you're just rowing. And so so they're out there, they're they're having a good old time, and then all of a sudden, this storm comes. You might think, how does a storm impact a lake? Well, the Sea of Galilee is kind of like in a, a... a ditch, it's kind of in a valley, so that when the wind comes, it kind of dips down there and it really whips up some waves, and so all of a sudden you just got these big swells going on. And 
disciples are, are freaking out. So, um, but before that, Jesus falls asleep. I don't know about you, but I'm the kind of person, too, that when I get on a boat, a car, a plane, I'm out. I'm out. And my wife always makes fun of me because I'm like, she'll be talking to me, and then all of a sudden, you know, I'm asleep. But, uh, but I, I'm like Jesus, I guess. Uh, that, that's good. Um, but uh, <laughs> uh, the Jesus and the disciples went and woke him up saying, Master, Master, we're going to drown. Now, this is kind of that stop, stop kind of uh, reaction where the disciples are freaking out. They, they don't know what to do. And here Jesus is just sleeping. Don't you care about us, Jesus? Aren't you going to do something about this? Here, you've done all these other miracles. Why are you just sleeping there doing nothing? And then Jesus gets up. He rebukes the wind and the raging waters, and the storm subsides, which I would love to be a part of that and to see that instant subsiding of, of a storm. And then all was calm. And here's a question Jesus asked Where is your faith? Where is your faith? I think oftentimes we are guilty of this. We're, we're, we go through things of life and, and at the time we yell, stop, stop. And later on we realize everything was okay and we feel God saying, I got this. Where's your faith? I've got this, right? Um, I want to show you this picture. I, as I was searching things, I just searched uh, faith on Google Images, which is safe. Some words are not safe, but faith is a good one. Um, and I saw this. I said, with Jesus in the boat, we can smile through the storm. And I don't know if you get the same reaction that I do when I see that, but I'm like, yeah, right. You know? Uh, yeah, maybe after the storm, but not during the storm. I don't, I don't know how many of you have been through some kind of emotional or, or just some kind of hard time in your life where, where uh, you're not smiling, are you? No. And the disciples were not smiling, even though... Uh, I think they, they had an, a glimpse of that Jesus would do something, but, but he didn't. And so faith really is something that we don't um, gain on our own. We can't just get more faith. Like if somebody says, just have more faith, have more faith, that's, that's great, but it's like saying try harder, try harder, try to work yourself harder to get to heaven. It just doesn't happen. And, and so uh, Martin Luther says it like this in his small catechism. He says um, that we cannot by our own reason or strength Come to Jesus Christ as our Savior. We just can't. We can't try harder. It's, it's only by the grace of God that he comes to us and that he gives us that faith. And so, um, so I, I kind of love this too, is that you got this Darth Vader kind of where Jesus says, where is your faith? And how many times do we lack that faith, right? Uh, I find your lack of faith serving. Maybe it's not as... as uh, depressing as, as Vader, but, but Jesus is just saying, where is your faith, guys? Trust me, trust me, right? And then in fear and amazement, they ask one another, who is this? He commands even the winds and the water, and they obey him. So as I'm looking at this, I, I'm thinking of, you know, with that picture too, uh, another story that Jesus is involved in with the healing of a little boy. This little boy is sick, and, and Jesus uh, comes to the father and he says, do you believe that I can do th all things? And, and uh, the, the, the husband, the, the father says, I do believe, but help my unbelief. And I think that's a great perspective for us to take is, is we believe, but we also have doubts in our life. And so we pray to God, 
we believe, but, but help those areas in our life where we sometimes have those doubts. And so as I'm thinking about this, I, I really came up with three words to describe what we often go through in our own lives um, that the disciples went through at that same time. And they're three kind of theological words, and it's these words that all start with omni. Omniscient, uh, omnipotent, and omnipresent. I'm going to break that down a little bit. But these three words that as we look through our story in our own lives that really translate here. Um, the first one is omniscient. All right, omni means what? All. Shint means knowing, all-knowing. Uh, I guess we get the, the root word science from, from that. So, so the study of, of uh, knowing. So, so all-knowing, that, that Jesus is this all-knowing guy uh, that we can put our faith in, right? Um, reminds me of a story from my life a couple months ago. I'm a big Dallas Cowboys fan. Anybody else? I finally get to say that from here where Gabe's always doing his Packer thing. Now I get to, yeah, go Cowboys. Uh, um, but there was, a, there was a day that I couldn't watch the game. And, and so I set the DVR and, and we went out after church and, and we were uh, eating and then we had some other activity to do afterward. And, and I said, all right, I'm going to turn off my phone. I'm going to not listen to any updates because when I come back, I want to watch the game live without all the commercials, but I want to kind of experience the emotions and the ups and downs as, as the game goes on, right? And uh, so doing great. They're playing the Eagles that day. It's, it's the day where they had lost before to them, but it's the second time they play them. And if they win that game, they're in the playoffs. And so it's a big game. And, and so I'm excited for it. But as we're driving back from our event, the, the country radio station guy goes, hey, congratulations to the Dallas Cowboys for making the playoffs, you know? And I'm like, oh, man, I still want to watch the game, but, but now I'm disappointed because I know the outcome. I'm Excited at the outcome because they win, but, but I'm not going to have that anticipation as I once did. So here's what happens is I go to watch the game, and as I'm watching the game, um, whenever Tony Romo fumbles, I'm okay with it because I, I know what's going to happen at the end, right? I know they win, and I know that even though there's that storm of life, that it's going to end up okay, right? Whenever there's an interception or, or whatever, I know the end result. And that's a little bit of what omniscience is like. That even though Jesus is sleeping on this boat, he knows he's got it. He's, he's going to take care of it, right? Um, and we have faith that, all right, we have an omniscient God that knows all things, our past, our present, our future. And that gives us comfort to know he's got it. He's got it, right? The second word is omnipotent. Uh, it, it looks like omnipotent, but it, you say it omnipotent. I don't know why, but uh, if you want to sound smart, just say omnipotent, you know. Uh, but it really means all-powerful, potent kind of things you eat, like horseradish or jalapenos or whatever. It can be potent in that way. Um, but, but in the story, Jesus shows himself to be all-powerful, right? When he says to the wind and the waves, you know, stop, and he rebukes them, that's some power right there. And Jesus has all power. He's God. He's God in human flesh, and he's got that ability. Uh, this last week at Concordia, we had this event called MYR. It stands for Missional Youth Retreat. And it's for um, high school students from all over the state of Texas that come um, to, to just explore ministry vocations. And so pastors and DCEs and, and church planners or whatever it is. And, 
And um, they come and just for four days come and, and worship, and we go do service projects, and we, we hear from different speakers and all this kind of stuff. But, but one of the cool things that happened that week is that we had a, a girl that, that was a Christian. She believed in all that, but she had never been baptized. And so as we're talking about baptism through different sessions and all that, um, and that, that God comes to us through that, and, and, and he pursues us in that and, and calls us and chooses us, and, and um, she says, can I be baptized? And we say, absolutely. So we, we make sure with her parents that it's okay, and we call her pastor, make sure we can do this, and we, our, our pastor there uh, baptizes her in the midst of 50 other of her, her now God brothers and sisters. And it's cool to see how God's uh, omnipotence, his, his power, can invade our lives. I mean, I could tell you story after story of, of people that have been far away from God, but God is in his power and his mercy and grace has brought them near to him. And when we realize his amazing grace and his amazing um, mercy that he has, his omnipotence is, is huge in our life, right? So he's omniscient. Is omnipotent. The third word is, uh, they couldn't find a cool way to say this one, so it's just omnipresent, all right? No cool way to say that. But uh, Jesus is, is omnipresent, right? Even though he's in that boat sleeping, he's still always with them, right? He hasn't gone anywhere. He hasn't gone away. And, and I think sometimes in our lives when we, we feel like we're all alone, we feel like God is far away, that he's left us. But he's promised us, I will be with you always to the very end of the age. He's, he's always with us. And, and sometimes when we feel far away from God, it, it's, it's not him. He's there with us, but sometimes it's just our own sinfulness that comes in, in, in the way of that, right? Uh, the time that I experienced this the most was, was when I was on my internship um, back in the early 2000s. Uh, much like Matt did internship here um, last year. But So I was a DCE intern up in Homer, Alaska, which is about four hours south of Anchorage, little small fishing village. Um, the, the motto of the town was a quaint fishing village with a, no, a quaint drinking village with a fishing problem. All right? That was the motto. So this is where I'm, here's, here it is. It's, it's a beautiful place. They call this like little peninsula thing the spit, and it's, it's got all these villages, and, and people come from all over the world to come fish here. It's a, a beautiful place, beautiful place. Um, but it's really only, well, for me, it was only beautiful in the summertime. Here I am, a southern boy that got called to Alaska. Uh, I've probably worn pants. Uh, my parents are here. But I probably wore pants. I mean, you probably counted on, you know, a couple hands uh, all the days before that. So I loved wearing shorts and being outdoors in, in warm weather. And here I am in Alaska. And now in the wintertime, not only is there cold, but there's also darkness because it's so far north. So here I am. Um, it's, it's February. The darkness is starting to subside a little bit, but we're still at, I don't know, maybe five or six hours of daylight um, a day. And it happens to be February 8th. It's my birthday. I'm excited. All right, here I am. I'm turning, I think it was 23 at that time. And um, uh, I'm just pumped. It's, it's your birthday. You're, you know, you're excited for that. So I go into work. Uh, my pastor wasn't there, so uh, didn't really get to hang out with him. The secretary said, hey, happy birthday. Um, I went home that night, uh, checked my mailbox. Nothing in my mailbox. Uh, I checked my answer machine, because back then when you didn't have cell phones yet, I, was, I lived without a cell phone at that time. It was amazing. But uh, I checked my, my voicemail answer machine. Nothing. 
There was no Facebook to have, you know, thousands of, hey, happy birthday to you, or, or text to say, you know, happy birthday to you either. So, so there I am. I've had one person say happy birthday to me that whole day, um, and I'm starting to feel really down and depressed. And the darkness is starting to, to um, contribute to that. And I remember just being on the floor and just started weeping, just started crying, because I at that point had felt so alone and so neglected and so far away. The, the closest family member or really deep friend was 3,000 miles away, and here I was in Alaska, just alone and depressed and, and abandoned. And I remember just laying there and, and not knowing what to do. I got tears in my eyes, and I got my 70s shag carpet that was there in my apartment. Um, and right next to me was my bookshelf. And I had my Bible there and, and uh, pulled off the, the bookshelf. I'm like, all right, God, if you are real, you will give me some words of hope. And, and where are you, God? I was just angry at God because I felt like he had abandoned me at that time. So I do my Russian roulette, flip open the Bible kind of thing. Don't recommend it, but, but uh, flip it open. And it happened to open up to the book of Jeremiah. And in Jeremiah uh, 29.11, the page that it was on, it, it was highlighted there, and it says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans not to harm you, but to give you hope and a future. And I remember at that moment just feeling this immense like peace and comfort that, that okay, even though I had felt alone at that time, I knew that God would never leave me or abandon me. And even in our world, when we feel like uh, that nobody is there for us, that, that God is always present in our life. And so God's uh, uh, omnipresence in our life is, is a huge uh, blessing and, and thing to remember and benefit because he promises he will never leave us, will never forsake us. And so I don't know where you're at if you feel like you're far away from God or you feel like um, you're going through a storm of life right now. And if you're not right now, you will. And there's times in your life when you feel like just yelling out, stop, stop, and you just want life to, to hit pause and, and you just want all that to go away and just to hide in your bed under your covers, right? But it's at those times that, that God reminds us that, that he's always there with us, that he's all-powerful, and that he's all-knowing. He knows what you're going through because he's gone through it too. There was a time when, uh, well, I love this for, well, show the other picture. There's a, uh, there was a time when, when Jesus uh, hung on the cross. He said, I love you so much that I'm willing to be abandoned, where he said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He felt abandoned and alone. And there was a time when, when he, he knew what was going to happen, right? He knew the end of the story, so he had to go through with it, right? And through his power, through his dying on the cross, his om, omnipotence, uh, he conquered sin and death and the devil for you and for me so that we can experience eternal life and experience the peace of knowing that we have, no matter what storms we go through, that perfect love drives out all fear, right? We know that perfect love drives out all fear and gives us peace that only God can give. So I pray that, that wherever you're at, that you know that when you hear those times when you still stop, 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 and you feel like you just want to get off the ride of life, 
that God reminds you that he's always there for you. He has given um, his son, Jesus, to remind you of that presence in your life, to remind you of the power that you have through him, and to remind you that he knows all things. He knows the end of the story. And let me give you a hint. The end of the story ends well. So would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we pray that, that you would remind us of your presence in our life. That you remind us of the power that you can overcome all storms. And Father, that you, um, that you know all things. That you are Alpha and Omega. You're the beginning and the end. That you know how the story ends. So I pray that you give us comfort in that. That you, you help us to live that out. That as the disciples that we have that faith. That, you, that we pray, Lord, help our unbelief. We trust that you will follow through in your promises. Pray this all in the powerful name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast from Acts Church in Leander, Texas. Feel free to share this message with others and stay connected with us at actschurchleander.com.